She was this gun-toting, whiskey-drinking broad. The super epic fucking broad. She was a pioneer in the industry. She's also so famous and so controversial. So controversial. So she's kind of a big fucking deal. Her story is so incredible. She belongs on this podcast because she's a broad you should know. Hello and welcome to Broads You Should Know, the podcast about amazing and noteworthy women from history. I'm Sarah Gorski, and audience, if you were here last week, you'll be thrilled to know Earl Kim is back, and he has brought his own broad. But before we get into your broad, Earl, I have a question for you. Yes? What is your personal definition of a broad? I think it's, you know, obviously someone who identifies as female, someone who is brazen and unapologetic and often you know i think because most most oftentimes the the word broad i feel like it's used by men mm-hmm. who are upset that a lady <laughs> is strong and strong-willed and opinionated you know like essentially mm-hmm. has has a, a mind and a life and an existence and decides to use yeah. it it's used derogatorily, or it <laughs> yeah. has been often. Yeah, it has been. It ha- you know, and I feel like that's and for those reasons, the the general connotation is for derision or or scorn. I use with admiration and love, <laughs> and that's why you're invited on this podcast. <laughs> it's our word; we reclaim it for ours. Yeah, language is mutable, and I feel like because you you use the word broad. Great. I'm glad. I, I wish it would be more empowering than than not, but understanding its history and how it's been used before, I, I just but I feel like why not be broads? <laughs> well, I don't know if I told you this, Earl, but my when my I told my aunt about my podcast and the name of it, she freaked out. Was there was there a little clutch pearls? Was there was she clutching pearls a little bit? She doesn't I don't think she has any pearls. <laughs> but she was because because it was a word that my grandfather used derogatorily towards women and she grew up hearing it as a negative word. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, then yeah. we had a conversation about it and now she like sends me broad suggestions all the time. She yeah. like sends me, she's like, You should do this broad. You should do this broad. And I feel like kind of proud. I'm like, Oh yeah, we've reclaimed that together, her and yeah. I. So And also like I it's such an interesting thing because like the synonym is with vast encompassing like what 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 part of that is like what what about that is bad (laughs) well there's another etymology listeners if you haven't listened to the very first episode of the podcast you can go back and listen to the whole etymology of the word because it Mm. actually that's not really the true origin of it but um but anyway i want to hear about who you brought who have you brought us today earl i have brought another korean broad (gasps) yes now we're gonna have two and her name is Na Hae-seok. And she is known as being the first female professional painter in Korea. The first female feminist writer <gasps> in Korea. Also possibly one of the first sort of radical feminist thinkers, scholars in Korea. Published, yeah, that that existed sort of... Wow. Yeah, she's wild. She's absolutely wild. And I feel like it's one of those things where so many people don't know about her because of patriarchy, because of the Korean system, because of how how things have been. But yeah, she is an absolute stunner. And I feel like 
everyone oh should God. know who, who this woman is. I am so excited to learn about her. First thing I'm going to do is I have this link for you that has her artwork because I feel like <gasps> yes. we can't talk about the first Korean female painter and not talk about her artwork. There's actually a, a Google, there was a Google Doodle made of her a couple of years ago. But she does these beautiful impressionistic oh, wow. uh, paintings. And she, all right, let's start from the beginning before we, Sarah's going to admire okay. the paintings <laughs> while, while I talk about her life. Yes. So, Na He Seok. She was born uh, April 28th, 1896. Whoa. Uh, and she, again, like I said, is like the OG Korean feminist scholar, painter, writer, like contemporary, contemporary Korean feminist, I, I guess I should say, like, because she's, you know. Now, the one thing that's interesting is, and, and that can be noted, and that should be noted, is that Naheseok, uh, she's born in Suwon, which is a suburb of Seoul, which hmm. also happens to be uh, the town that my grandparents lived in and were from for a while yeah so i wow. there's, there's some connection you are so tied to all these broads i love uh, it <laughs> but that's the thing like i feel like all koreans are tied to these broad like it's all all people in the korean diaspora are, are tied to these broads in some way be just because korea is so, so small but like also just in, in the sort of greater idea so she uh is the fourth child of a really really wealthy family she basically goes and gets sent to a, a, a wonderful school system. It's not the the Iwa school system. It's a different kind. It's a different school system. But she basically goes and goes to learn. Decides that she wants to learn more about the world and herself. And one of the things that she becomes very clear as a young woman is like, I'm going to be a painter. I'm going to be an She knew I'm right away. To, yeah, she was like, I'm going to write, I'm going to do poetry, I'm going to, you know, I'm going, I'm going to be a painter. And then immediately was hit with like, no, you're a Korean woman. It's the 1900s. You're going to be a good mother and a good wife. From her family or everyone? Everyone. Oh, man. <laughs> um, I mean, her family, obviously, mostly. But one of the things to, to note is that at this point, she shows everyone that she's exceptional. Huh. And she ends up graduating at the top of her class in 1913. She is under, like, she she graduates early. Like, uh, how old is she? She is 17? And she's wow. graduated, like, 16. I think she's 16 and she's graduated already. And then she becomes the first Korean woman to study painting at, huh. in Tokyo. She, she, she goes abroad. In Tokyo, she, okay. She she goes to she goes to Tokyo Arts College and and decides to she studies painting and and she's like I'm going to do that and one like they accepted her first of all like they were That's like kind yes of unusual, come right <laughs> yes yes absolutely so so she she is sort of like whoa people did it are work like then this. like it does now where you like submit some of your work and they're like yeah they like deem I, you I, worthy I'm pretty, yeah 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 <laughs> it's, it, there's a whole process of being able to study there and so right she she is she's selected and she is gone through and she graduates in 1918. Wow. She is the first Korean woman to, one, have studied Western painting, two, received a bachelor's degree, um, wow. for, and three, uh, gotten a degree at a foreign university. Like, she she was doing all of these, like, firsts right. um, back because in Korean the day. Because Korean women were still, this was the very beginning of, like, the Korean 
women's movement for education. Yes, this is this is proto. This yeah, this is pretty much at the very beginning. And so now, this is where things start to get incredible and really cool and really wild. Before she graduates, she she falls in love with this guy who is in Tokyo as well. He's also a Korean. He they they you know, they're talking about intellectual things and learning about the world and they you know, like they like young go Bohemian you know like love. yeah, young bohemian <laughs> love sort of they're they're away from their parents, they're in a different country and all of a sudden her father sends for her and is like you must return home. And it's like, what? wait, what? I'm not done with school. I've just fallen in love with this boy. Like, what do you mean? Like, and so they, it, it's pretty much like, you get no say, you come home now. And so she's like, okay, I have to go. Uh, goodbye. I love you. I'll Damn, she couldn't just stay? I'll be, yeah. I mean, because she's se- 16, she's 17, 20, 18. You know, she's a daughter of a wealthy family, but she pretty much has no agency because that's, literally Korea telling women that literally their only role is to be a good mother or a good wife. And so she's like, fuck, all right, I guess I have to go back home now. So she doesn't finish school and she goes back home because so she's done, you know, a couple years of university, studied painting, all this stuff. She comes back home to find out that her dad's like, oh, I'm glad you're here. uh, I've called you back from university, preventing you from from getting this degree and doing all the things that you wanted to. Because I've arranged for you to get married. Fuck that. <laughs> She's like, I... Fuck it. What? No. <laughs> and so she, being a fucking clever girl, <laughs> is like, all right, I'm going to do whatever the fuck I can to not do this. So she manages, and I don't exactly know how, but she essentially staves off the marriage arrangement by exchange, in exchange, becoming a teacher at her local, like one of her, like like a local school. And so she's like, oh, I can't get married. I'm teaching. I'm, I'm teaching. I'm teaching. I'm, I, I'm, I'm teaching. I can't. No, I'm not. I'm not getting married. Like, you know, so, so she essentially creates this like smokescreen diversion. And I feel like, I don't know, it's, it's some realness, but she basically, she doesn't, she can't do what she wants to do, but she doesn't have to marry that guy. <laughs> like, so she's like, whatever I need to do to not marry that guy is what I'm going to do. Because you know he had to be some some traditional ass bitch too. Like. Oh yeah, I mean also like wealthy families, well educated girl. Like yeah, she was pretty much being made to to be. Uh, uh, oh, this is the family. Our our families are you. Blah, 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 We're gonna whatever. create a family dynasty. Yeah. Of wealth. Anyways, she teaches separate. Like she she becomes a school teacher and is teaching for a year back in Korea, and she basically is like, all right, I'm gonna save up all my money. I'm gonna go back to I'm gonna go back to Tokyo. I'm gonna finish my education and I'm gonna go back with my dude and it's gonna be great. And <laughs> I just need to get through this fucking year. I'm gonna get all this money and then I'm gonna be out of here and I'm not gonna have to marry that stupid, creepy, weird dude. I'm gonna be out. <laughs> she raises the money. She gets to Japan. She gets back into school. She finds out the boy that she was in love with died of tuberculosis. <gasps> What? And it's like, and it, it's like, ugh, like, like how literally, it's no one could have written her a letter and told her that, like, literally. Well, I mean, girl, it's nineteen blah whatever. It's like nineteen seven, oh. sixteen, seventeen in Korea and Japan, where post, you know, international post is definitely not developed to the way it's been here. So even if they did, that most yeah. likely she probably there probably was a letter being sent, like, hey. 
your dude passed away in the time of like her leaving to you know like even did he like write her any letters or anything like goodbye letters or anything? probably yeah tuberculosis is such an asshole i know also it's like the early 1900s if you get tuberculosis you're fucked i know know. you know like it's like all right this is her dad's fault if she was there he wouldn't have got tuberculosis yes let's not lie basically she endures her final year of university she graduates despite all the shit that's happened to her in these like short, like 18 years of her life or like six, 20 years of her life. She graduates from college. She gets out. She goes back home and literally everyone gives her shit. Fuck up. Like her family, the people in her town, they're like, oh, you have a college degree? Huh. Why do women need college degrees? That seems dumb. Like basically everyone kind of starts coming at her sideways and being like, What? And so, and so, <laughs> what did she do? She publishes an essay, a scathing, critical essay about womanhood, about her life, about her experience. It's, it's semi-autobiography. It's technically a short story, but it's like... More or less her story. It is her story, and it's known as being the first piece of Korean feminist literature. Wow. Um, because she she basically posts like she 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 puts up this s this this story and basically it's called Kyunghi. I'm just gonna read a little excerpt. I'm a woman and I am a Korean woman. A woman shackled by Korean society's family conventions. If a woman tries to stand on her own, she will feel pressure from all quarters. And if she tries to accomplish something, she will be criticized from all sides. Oh. <sighs> yeah, it's like this is like. I feel this her. Is revolutionary. So she then, this story gets published, and it's like, what the? Like, she, people are like, uh, Like in the main paper? Like the. Um, it's, I, it's, it's, it's just, it's, it's published in, I forget where it was put, but it, it wasn't in a newspaper, but it's basically like a piece, like a, a, a piece of work. Like, it's like a, a piece oh, of yeah. literature that, that began circulating within scholarly circles and then sort of reaching out yeah, like in pamphlet form like a singular yeah 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 yeah, yeah 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 so essentially through this she starts she starts writing all sorts of wild stuff and then she encounters the the night because this is 1918 mm-hmm. she encounters the korean liberation movement yeah. She she is like front and center in it and you know cuz she's come back from Japan, you know. Yeah. And and then she's like, "Oh crap, all this stuff is happening." And her and like four of her friends three decide with all of this sort of all of the energy and all cuz like new Korean newspapers were being printed, like Korean magazines were being made. She decides that the thing that isn't being heard right now is the voice of Korean women in this revolution. And so her and four, like three or four of her friends, they make this revolutionary Korean women's magazine called wow. Shin Yeja. And Shin Yeja is the direct translation means new woman. Yes. And it is, it is a magazine that is about hot, like that's about health and self image and talking about patriarchy and, and, and traditional Korean, like just all of this stuff. Like it, it was they they were they were saying they basically came out and were like this is all the stuff that 
your magazine, your newspaper, all the stuff that's coming out right now that's printed material for Koreans, this is what you're missing. She made, she basically was like, fuck it. Like, we're gonna, I'm gonna make this thing happen because we're not just a mother. We're not just a sister. We're not fuck no. just, uh, we're not, my worth isn't tied to my connection or belonging to you, man. Was it was it popular? Did people like read the shit out of it? Oh yeah, so 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 so. (laughs) What you have to understand is that it's also 1919, and the Korean independence movement is in full fucking swing right now. Like which we just talked about last episode. This is the same time period, right? This is literally the same time period. So that is in full swing. So the Japanese government is dealing with that, like just all of that, and then all of a sudden these women. (laughs) <laughs> These, These women <laughs> start printing their own fucking magazine. Of course they start. So, so it managed to pump out. They mad. They pumped out four, four issues only. And then they got shut down by the Japanese government. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> so, but that's, I think that's sort of, you know, it, it's, it is a note of how absolutely just sort of, one revolutionary the stuff that they were doing was but as well as like it, it was it was catching you know people they knew the japanese government knew that it was that these ideas were getting out there and that people were were thinking these things and that you know it was only a matter of time before they managed to you know yeah. actually well literature is so dang i mean <laughs> literature and pamphlets like that are the shit that like spark i feel like all the revolutions that we talk about like throughout time yeah like it's these pamphlets, people get these out and they <laughs> smuggle them through, and they yeah, you know, from the thirty the from Martin Luther, you know, all the way to yeah. to civil rights to you know everything. Like I feel and like, like not to always brag about the word. other broads we've done, but like you know Sophie Scholl during during yep. the yep. Holocaust and like all you know, there's all these. Yeah, I feel like Sophie Scholl is a, is a person I think of a lot when I think of uh, Yu Guansun, who was the broad last week. Except was she arrested? Did she get away with it? Or what ha- what happens to her? So she right now she's put out this this magazine. It is wild. It is first wave feminism to its core. She's inspired by the primary first wave American feminists as well as one of the really interesting things that I am now going to bring up about my broad is that she she was she was a classy classy lady and she <laughs> experienced theater american theater like like western theater european theater like she that was like so, touring there or like in japan when she was there so well i don't know when cuz she also there's more to talk about she has a crazy life but essentially a doll's house the ibsen play the ibsen play a doll's house becomes a huge artistic content like point for her like she she it inspires her she she finds herself you know as nora and identifies with nora in so many ways and in, in so many who structures. doesn't well <laughs> yeah and so um <laughs> essentially one of the things that sort of starts happening is that she she a lot of her work has this sort of extra spiciness to it. i don't know like it, because these ideas are 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 foreign you know there's mm-hmm. a there, these are these are she not only was she, you know did she, it wasn't like she went to Japan and she like learned these these are these are Western European sort of American 
Right. Uh, you know, like the ideas of suffrage, you know, the, these early, early first wave feminists, like European, like British, they, it, it, it just, it's that sort of that extra level of, I don't know, like it made her, it just made her so much more dangerous to- To the Japanese. The Japanese, to the, to the Japanese, to the Korean, to everyone. Because she wasn't just like with, with the stuff that she was bringing up about new women, she, I think there's a quote from her that says, uh, for Korea to truly be free, women must be free in Korea, which is like, oh, 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 like that gives me chills. I know, I know, I know, I know. And, and, and so it's that thing of like, she was, she was revolutionary in all sorts of ways. Like she, cause you know, not everyone that was all about, you know, freeing Korea from Japan was also about freeing women in Korea. Well, no. We, we talk about that all the time. It's like every, freedom for everyone except women. Freedom for everyone that's a man. Yeah. Uh, and like, oh, but only some men. And some men with different colors are worth all fractions yeah. of other men. Like, oh, God. Universal. You don't want freedom then. <laughs> Anyways, so this is all happening. The Samirundong, the Samirgon, the March 1st protests happen. And mm-hmm. obviously, because she's 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 a, she is a woman, and she is like one of the women, sort of. She's vocal. At the she's forf- like yeah, a she's, voice at the forefront. She yeah. is. She is a vocal, and so she gets arrested too. Um, Fuck. Yeah. So you, I most certainly un- will, would say, and I don't know, I don't know quite exactly the the specifics about all of these people, but I'm pretty sure that Naizal at least encountered or met Jugansun, or I would hope that they mm-hmm. brushed shoulders, like stood side by side. Were they in the same prison? Was she in like the same primary I don't know. There? There's such very bad record keeping from that time as well. In what, disorganized ways, prison records? Anecdotal. How convenient for, <laughs> for the, the uh, yeah. prison guards. <laughs> so she goes to prison, but she is from a very Wealthy. wealthy family. She is okay. from a family of means. And so she gets out in six months. In addition, not only does she get out, but she may or may not fall in love with her defense attorney who gets her out of <laughs> Japanese prison. And so it's kind of really beautiful and like, oh my gosh. And the because it because she is a person by this by this point, she has published her story she's like she's published shit. a couple of yeah she's 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 well known she is like a darling of like korean media as well as like you know she's like kind of enemy number one lady in like japanese government terms but she's known her and kim Young, who was her defense lawyer mm-hmm. in 1920 get married in a oh. love marriage in the culture, I have to specify love marriage because it's a rare thing, and most marriages are arranged marriages. <laughs> and her dad, like, let it ha- like he didn't like prevent it. He like well, because he's a he's a lawyer. He saved he saved her daughter from the Japanese uh, prison. You know, like so he I finally mean, got over that bullshit with that other guy he was trying to hook her up with. Well, I mean, I think it's 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 mainly you know it's probably an equal amount of status as well as that guy didn't want to be didn't want his wife to be a school teacher or so I don't know whatever it that that decision you know that whole thing went off the table because she uh, did all the things that she did so anyways she marries this lawyer and she is now 
painting and writing and she's also a poet she's a published poet she's 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 basically being like the intellectual artistic magnum butterfly that she could possibly be like she is you know she's she's doing her work and she's and i sent you the the link of a lot of her paintings so beautiful but they're gorgeous like and, and i can't they're like this this impressionistic sort of there's this depth and movement and emotional quality to them that I just I don't know what it is but they're just so yeah they're just gorgeous they're, they're gorgeous they're, and she does I, like amazing work with light in them yeah, yeah. that like stands out to me I'm gonna have all these pictures audience I'm gonna have the pictures all on the website so check them out <laughs> sorry we're just we're just admiring the, the yeah the they're just gorgeous she kind of reminds me a little bit of like a less fucked up Frida Kahlo. Kinda, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, all right, this is where it starts. This is where the story is is going to turn even more wild. What? She continues to grow her renown as a painter because, again, she's doing incredible work. In 1927, also because of her connections, she gets sent to Europe with the auspices of the Japanese government this time. Because they recognize that she's a very talented painter, that she is kind of... And it makes them look good. As well as she's like high society. She has all of these connections. So essentially she gets like sort of dressed up and paraded around Europe as like a Korean talent that the, that Japan, you know, is... Discovered. Guess, yeah, kind of. <laughs> It sounds really bizarre, but those are kind of like, that's kind of the context that she was done, that she was... But one, on the sort of basic level of like, she was that now like living in Paris and traveling through Europe and, Whoa. you know, her exhibiting. Like she was, she was showing her painting, like people were, were taking note of her work. Like, you know, she was rubbing shoulders with dignitaries and all these people and doing sort of that thing, you know? And, wow. and so she also starts to get recognition and she starts being, you know, winning, winning prizes at like, art shows and galas and competition. So she essentially she she's she's kind of, you know, her star just sort of keeps rising. And at the same time, she's also, you know, publishing kind of these these sassy feminist feminist think pieces about like the position of women in Korea and like the context of of traditional marriage. She and this is while she's married because she like has a kid and stuff. She puts out this whole essay about it's the one that I talked about earlier about being a mother of 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 mm-hmm. mother of motherhood and and being a wife. And yeah. she basically writes this whole thing about how bitter and upset and how ridiculous it is that her husband pretty much throws all of the idea of what it means to raise her child on her and how, you know, Korean, how about her husband and how fatherhood, like there's sort of this absent mm. connection. Like, like she just starts calling out all of this stuff. Like, like airing the laundry. <laughs> yeah, kind of like it, it just, Did she it just kind of goes for off. Them, though? Well, all right. All right. Okay. Cause right. you have this so, look on your face and I know there's something coming. <laughs> so he, while she's in Paris, she, meets uh, another Korean, I guess, emissary. He's like the head of a church of some sort. He's, he's some sort of religious. He's, he, he's basically another dignitary coming from, from Korea. They fall in love. He's making the face. Yeah, they fall they in love. They have an affair. Oh, no. Wait, is it an affair? Like a love affair or just a sex affair? 
so here's where it gets here's where it gets really interesting. Her husband finds out she and and it kind of it's it's also wild because she also receives the special art grand jury prize at like the Korea like the highest Korean art exhibit in 1930 mm. same year husband divorce she get greatest art prize in Korea <laughs> like it's just like okay well fuck and Ugh. now what starts happening is that her husband goes on a full offensive because he's a lawyer he knows his way around things damn we thought he was the hero of the story yeah we thought he was the hero of the story but he because he feels spurned he starts like publishing stories just like awful things you know just sort of being awful um and talking about how she's you know xyz or whatever you know and and in her defense that's a really it's a really interesting thing like scholars have gone through her like writings and journals and stuff and in her journal she had she apparently had pretty detailed journals while she was in europe uh-huh. and really up until about 1930 there's a lot of a lot of her writing is about her own struggle as well like whereas these ideals of of good wife and good daughter and good mother sort of have all been in, instilled on her and and forced upon her at the same time she does you know like she wants to be those things it's not like she doesn't but at the same time she she you know you see sort of her agony as this as this wife who has been kind of at one point really loved and cherished and then now kind of spurned and i don't know like it's 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 just a thing that that's very sort of nuanced mm. that essentially causes Nihazok to release a a essay called A Divorce Confession Uh-oh. in 1934. It is a confession, but it is more an indictment of yes. Korean society, of sexual repression, of gender inequality, of like it, it, she, she, it's kind of like a, she, it goes all in. But, all the tea, as they say. But it's 1934. Korea is still a deeply Confucianist, traditional, very patriarchal, Mm. repressed society where this for her, it's like she even talks about like, yeah, you want to you want to know one of the top reasons why why I cheated on him It's because he couldn't satisfy me sexually. Chew on that. And but damn. Yeah. Yeah. But she pub like she wrote this and. Oh, there's so much that that it opens up for, especially Korean society at the time, where one to even talk about sexual pleasure, fulfillment. How dare you? You know, How like that's dare you. But then on top of that, to think of it as like, oh, a a woman's sexual appetite has to be addressed or catered or you know like like how even more dare you you i mean that was still how dare you until the 70s when Cher height wrote her book so it's like (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. so so to think someone in 1930 a korean woman in 1934 being like yeah he didn't get me off damn she's so ballsy i I know that's again that's why i love her so much but but so she pretty much was you want to air you want to air the dirty laundry let's air the dirty laundry and so <laughs> contemporarily this is it's incredible like it's so ballsy and it's so bold but what ended up happening is that it actually ruined her like oh. she her family shunned her like 
all Korean society was like, oh, it's too much. Oh, it's too much. Like, oh, you went too far. Like, oh, and how dare you, you know, too much too soon. She was a fucking visionary, you know, like the things that she was talking about, like the, you know, she even talked. So this is where it starts to get kind of interesting because like she starts talking about like, why, why do we even do marriage this way? Like she starts talking about like, why don't we do like trial marriages? Why don't we see, like, why don't people see if they're compatible? Like, why don't, why do we do, why have we taken on these, these, these systems that very clearly don't work? Why are we doing that? You know, and again, all it did was make her, make her a pariah. Basically from like the thirties, the, the mid thirties on after this, this, this divorce confession essay came out, the patriarchy basically co-opted her to become this boogeyman for young women. Like, like, Oh, like the crazy old lady. You don't want to be like her. You don't want to be, Oh, that sucks. She, she was clever and spunky and revolutionary and see what that got her. And it was like, it's so like, I cannot imagine the years and years. Like it, it just, it, it, Mm. it did so much harm (laughs) for so many, you know, like for so many people, I mean, it's it's it fucking sucks. First of all, I'm not saying it doesn't suck, but it's like I feel like there's like a threshold of things that she could get away with, and then once she like yeah. once once not that not that I wish her life was any different. It's just it just sucks that progressiveness like has like some sort of threshold for some people. Like one of her po she released a poem about about Nora. It's literally called Nora, but a, a small excerpt before I became my husband's wife before I became my children's mother, before I became my father's daughter, first I was a person. I am a person. Imprisonment has already ended. The path of freedom is open. My strength runneth over. Young girls, awake and fall behind. Rise up and emit your power. The brightness of a new day's hope has has broken through. Ah, perfect. These are not new ideas. The ideas no. of you know of 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 female autonomy of 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 independence, and their villainization isn't new either. And the fact that people suffer for having those ideas exactly. is not new either. It's one of those things that like echoes in my brain is just this idea of like for Korea to be truly free, women must be free. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the one, the sort of sad, and obviously the, her ending is very sad. She ended up passing away in a, essentially a, a charity hospital. Oh my God. Her entire family had abandoned her. Society, basically, she she kind of died completely forgotten about. They oh. don't even, this is, this is the really messed up thing is like, they don't even know where she was buried. What the fuck? Yeah, because her family like was so ashamed you know like they had thought that she'd caused so much pain to them and and you know they didn't they don't know where she's been buried it's it's really unfortunate another thing is that the website that i sent you with the with that with the link of all of the paintings mm-hmm. those are like those are the only sort of surviving pieces of her work they believe that one she was so prolific that her she probably had so so much but so much of it was destroyed Oh, yeah. And it says right here, there's only 44. Yeah. And now uh, an unfortunate side effect is that because so many of her works have been have been destroyed, authenticity is a really difficult thing. So there are a lot of like forgeries. 
that have been coming out, like fakes that have been coming out, or people being like, oh, I discovered uh, a Nihazuk painting that are like just dupers, just fakers, because there's so little, so much of her, like, it was almost like Korean society tried to forget about her. It wasn't until like, I think the 70s, 76, 78, there were these Korean sort of contemporary scholars that were going back and looking at history and looking at looking at the Korean independence movement, looking at art, looking at all these things. And and they found um they found her first essay, that her first story about the young woman who goes off and gets educated and then returns to her town hmm. and gets completely scorned by her by her family and and by all the people who are questioning whether or not women sh- even should be educated in the first place, you know, and and once this guy, once these people found this first short story, they were like, "Wait, what?" And then they just started digging and digging and finding more and more of her work and being like, "Holy shit, this woman was, this is this woman was a radical feminist auteur, voice. like artist, yeah. voice, poet." philosopher and and basically got buried there's also some some text that she she may have been polyamorous or there may have been things that about or or like yeah essentially sort of the idea is that this is sort of like proto uh sexual liberation kind of yeah that makes sense ideas that makes sense i mean i'm sure korea couldn't have handled that information (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah but wow, she is just a powerhouse. I, I'm just glad that she's gone, in my understanding and history of her, she's gone from this boogie woman of like, oh, this is what's going to happen to you if you're, a, if you're a radical, free-thinking, artistic woman, you know, to now, like, she's got a Google Doodle. Yeah. And she's a hero. <laughs> she's And she's a hero. And she is definitely abroad, I think everyone should know. She is a broad that everyone should know. Earl, thank you for bringing her. She's so amazing. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's ugh. I get so excited about being able to talk about incredible Korean women because there are a lot of them. To learn more about Na Hae-son, you can visit broadsyoushouldknow.com. We've got a bunch of pictures of her, her artwork, her poetry and writing, everything we could find. While you're on the website, you should click over to the About page and learn more about Earl, all his info and links to his work and his social media accounts. Speaking of social media, have you followed Broads You Should Know yet? We're on Instagram and Facebook at Broads You Should Know and Twitter at BYSK Podcast. To suggest a broad, fill out the form on our website or you can email us at broadsyoushouldknow at gmail.com. Do you like us? And do you want to help us? Then you should share us. And better yet, you should leave us a review on your podcasting platforms. That really helps other people who want to hear about awesome broads to find us. Broads You Should Know is hosted by me, Sarah Gorski. It is edited by Chloe Skye with music by Darren Callahan. Hey, if you really liked this episode about Na Hesok, then you also are going to like some of the other broads that we've covered in the past. You should check out our episodes on Share Height, Frida Kahlo, Yoko Ono, and Ryu Kwon Soon. See you next Wednesday.